0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Conversation. And as always, it's great to be with all of you. As we draw closer and closer to Christmas, which is the birthday of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We always start off our conversation by... We always start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. And also we cry out to Mary using the words of the Hail Holy Queen, Mary is Mary is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's uh, turn to Mary and ask Mary to help us to love God <coughs> with pure and noble hearts and to love what God loves, and that is the salvation of souls. Let's say the prayer that Mary loves most, and that's the that's the Hail Mary together. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now I'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is the is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has as many descriptive titles of who he is as as well as his function in the world, in the church, and in our own individual lives, let's invite the Holy Spirit to be with us and in our perseverance family to really get to, to to know and love God more and more because that's what He'll do. He'll give us light and He'll give us fire. So let's pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation to the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. St. Elizabeth, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So my friends, it's always good to pray with you. These first moments of our Perseverance family are very important to me because we're setting the stage. Of our conversation as well as our day by by praying together and we we pray to Mary we pray to the Holy Spirit we pray to the angels we pray to the saints so very important part of our perseverance family my friends are are the angels and saints and Mary and of course the Holy Spirit that we're begging to enlighten us in our in our family conversation. So as always, I promise to pray for all of you and your intentions. That'll do. I'd like to pray for all of you by placing you, by placing all of you on the altar in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. That's right, placing you on the altar in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. pray that all of you, uh, first of all, all of you, all of us, would be open to the workings of the Holy Spirit. That's right, that we would be open to the, the workings of the Holy Spirit. And perhaps this can be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary come holy spirit come come holy spirit come through the heart of Mary that's right so let's pray that the holy spirit will will be very prominent in our lives today that god is going to send us inspirations and that we'd be open to these lights inspirations that God sends to us through His Good Spirit. My second intention, I'd like to pray for your families. I'd like to pray especially for our family members that are are far away from God. Perhaps many of our, some of our adult adult children that used to practice their faith, for some reason they have drifted away from, they have drifted away from God. They have drifted away from God. They've drifted away from God. Yes. I'd like to pray that they would come back. That they would come back. That's right. Let's place them on the altar. That this Christmas they would come back. That the Christmas gift that they would give to Christ is a pure heart and a longing soul, as the psalmist puts it, as the deer yearns for the running streams. So my soul yearns for you, O Lord my God. My third intention, i like to pray for the conversion of sinners, but I'd like to pray in a special way for like to pray in a special way for deathbed sinners. Those individuals who within the next twenty four hours will say, the next day, twenty four hours, that will be passing from this life to the next. That they would have recourse to the mercy of God and say, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And open up their hearts to God's infinite mercy. Remember the good thief. Until the last moment, there is hope. Until the last moment, there is hope. So my friends, before moving into the riches of the Word of God, I'd like to just give a, a short um, catechetical or doctrinal point. and it's this and it's this original sin is a historical reality in which God created our first parents Adam and Eve, giving them liberty to choose between good and evil. And God told them simply to obey one thing and that was not to eat from the fruit in the middle of the garden the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil we know that Adam and Eve did not obey this Eve ate from the forbidden fruit so did Adam and that is called original sin there have been Theological erroneous ideas that say that Adam and Eve were not historical persons. But the popes, in the teaching of the church, have stated unequivocally that Adam and Eve were historical persons. Adam and Eve were our first parents in Adam and Eve God created very clearly and distinctly the reality of a man and a woman against the whole transgender confusion that's being spread far and wide in this country Adam and Eve were human persons male and female Adam and Eve were not robots but Adam and Eve were endowed with the gift of free will to choose between good and evil. Adam and Eve abused their freedom by committing the first sin in this world called original sin Adam and Eve as a result of original sin were cast out of the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were also punished by God because actions have consequences. They are punished by God. Actions have Consequences. Actions have consequences. Actions have consequences. And the punishment that God meted out to Eve was that she would bring forth children in pain the reality of childbirth as well as bringing forth their children on a daily basis to a greater love for God. It's a daily labor whereas in the case with Adam, God said to Adam that he was called to work and to bring forth and to earn his bread by the sweat of his brow, the demanding labor and, and pain and suffering that comes about through hard work. And as a result of the sin of Adam and Eve, death entered into the world, so Adam and Eve eventually did die. Okay, as a result of the sin of Adam and Eve, God intervened. Such that, as Augustine says, God allows evil to bring good out of evil. God allows evil to bring good out of evil. And as a consequence of the sin of Adam and Eve, (coughs) this is what we celebrate on Christmas. God sent the second Adam and the second Eve in the person of Jesus and Mary. In the person of Jesus and Mary. And we sing the exalted on Easter vigil mass, O happy fault, O happy fault, O happy fault, that brought forth our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh, happy fault. Oh, happy fault. Oh, happy fault. That brought forth our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And last but not least, um, in our conversation, I'm trying at the times to give you some doctrinal formation in conjunction with our, our biblical formation. Should all of us come into the world with the stain of original sin. Baptism washes away original sin. That's true. But still we remain with the effects of original sin and those are called the capital sins that we have to fight against on a daily basis. And we celebrated this a couple of weeks ago. There was one person that was preserved from the stain of original sin, and that person is the person we're going to be encountering in our conversation today. That person is the Blessed Virgin Mary. By a special privilege from God Himself, Mary... Mary Most Holy was preserved from the stain of original sin from the very first moment of her existence. God preserved her. And as a result, as the English poet William Wordsworth has stated, Mary is our tainted nature's solitary boast. I repeat in the words of the Poet William Wordsworth, Mary is our tainted nature's solitary boast. So my friends, there's a a brief catechesis I thought I'd give to you on a key doctrinal point, and it's it's the reality, it's the reality of original sin. The reality of original sin. So, I'd like to jump into the gospel for today. The gospel for today is a sequel of the gospel of yesterday. And here we have a depiction of the gospel for yesterday. Here we have a depiction of the gospel for yesterday. The gospel for yesterday, my friends, was the Annunciation. I'd like to give you a few finishing touches on the Annunciation and move right from the Annunciation to the Visitation. Now we see, my friends, in this season of Advent leading up to Christmas, we have the joyful mysteries of the Holy Rosary. So yesterday we have the encounter between Mary and the Archangel Gabriel. The Archangel Gabriel greets Mary as the full of grace. Hail, highly favored one. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Mary was disturbed by this greeting and was wondering what it might mean. The angel goes on to say that she will conceive a son in her womb. And his name will be Jesus because he will save the people of their sins. And he'll be a king. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary wonders how this is going to come about because Mary has made a she's made a solemn vow or promise to God to remain a virgin her whole life. This was a solemn promise that she made to God to maintain her virginity. The Archangel Gabriel states that the Holy Spirit will overshadow her and she will conceive through the power of the Holy Spirit. Then the sign Her cousin Elizabeth Elizabeth, was thought to be sterile, is already In her sixth month, because nothing is impossible with God. And then we have here we have the artistic depiction. Mary says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to thy word. And the Holy Spirit, it's called the Shekinah or overshadowing. The Holy Spirit descends on Mary. And Mary conceives through the power of the Holy Spirit. There we have the Annunciation and the Incarnation of the Son of God. That was, up to that point, the most important moment in the history of the world. Mary's fiat, Mary's yes to God. Therefore, these, these days preceding Christmas are days marked with the presence of Mary. Mary's very powerful presence. Mary's very powerful presence. A powerful presence so there we have the incarnation of the Word of God so as a follow-up to the Annunciation we have the gospel for today gospel for today is the second joyful mystery and we call this, of course, the Visitation, which you can find in your Gospels, Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 45. So I invite all of you to try to go deeper into this mystery of the visitation. Indeed, this is a mystery that we're we are familiar with. Church actually celebrates the visitation of Mary on May 31st, the last day of May, which is the month of Mary. John Paul II says we should pray the rosary, the joyful mysteries on Monday and Saturday. These are the joyful mysteries and we should pray that by having Mary in our lives that we would experience great joy. That's right, by having Mary in our lives that we would experience an overflowing joy. So it says that Mary, Mary said so in haste. She moves quickly, now a literary note for you, a literary connection between Mary's visitation and a literary masterpiece. One of the greatest literary masterpieces written in Italian, if not the greatest, was written by Dante Alighieri. And he wrote what is called The Divine Comedy. The Divine Comedy. And in the Divine Comedy, Dante goes from hell into purgatory, from purgatory into heaven with Virgil, and when he arrives at heaven, he's accompanied by St. Bernard. When he goes into purgatory, Dante depicts a masterful distinction or contrast between the capital sin and the opposing virtue and how Mary actually practiced the opposing virtue. That Mary, that's right, Mary practiced the opposing virtue. So one of the capital sins is that of sloth, or laziness. Dante presents the opposite virtue of laziness as being diligence. And Dante presents this mystery, which is the second joyful mystery the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth is the exact, is the exact opposite of laziness. Because the Evangelist of St. Luke states that Mary went in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth. The opposite of going in haste is being lazy and not even moving. So, Mary went in haste. So, in honor of Mary's visitation, we might examine our lives and beg for the grace not to give in to a sloth or laziness, but imitate Mary. Her haste in hearing God's word or haste in responding to God's will or haste in moving on it. We don't want to be lazy. We might examine ourselves in three different areas that where we can fall into sloth or laziness. first might be physical laziness. We don't carry out our physical manual labors that we have to do on a daily basis. Maybe for many of you it's it's keeping up with your housework. That could be a manifestation of laziness. Second type of laziness might be mental laziness. We don't make a concerted effort to to cultivate our mind. Undoubtedly, one of the greatest gifts that God has given to the human person is that he's given us a mind. Not to lay fallow or to allow weeds to grow in our mind, but to cultivate our minds to the max. Then the third, third would be spiritual laziness, spiritual laziness or indolence, spiritual laziness or indolence, and that might be we we don't do our Holy Hour. Or we cut corners on our holy hour. Or our prayer life is diminishing in vigor and vitality. So there's a lot that can be said about this. But Mary going in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth says a lot. We might even try to live like the saints the saints. One occasion, it was, I think it was St. Peter Canisius whose feast they were celebrating in a couple of days on the 23rd. St. Peter Canisius was working very hard. One of his, I think one of his friends said, slow down, slow down, slow down and rest. And Peter Canisius said slow down and rest. We will have all eternity to rest in heaven. But in the meantime, let's work as St. Paul says, let's work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I often like to quote the Chilean Jesuit priest who was canonized a few years ago, Father Alberto Hurtado. He said in Spanish, hay dos lugares para descansar. El cementerio cielo. There's two places to rest. The cemetery and heaven. In the meantime, it's time to work. To work out our salvation to work out our salvation, my friends, in fear and in trembling. So that's one or characteristic that I like to lay in your hearts. And if any of you do the Office of Readings, we have the first reading is from Isaiah and the second reading is taken from St. Saint Ant- Saint, um, Ambrose. One little point in St. Ambrose, he mentions that the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit and his gifts the Holy Spirit and his gifts move very quickly. I repeat that the Holy Spirit and his gifts moves quickly, not laboriously or tediously, rather moves quickly. Maybe the best word would be alacrity, moving with speed and graceful ease. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives with alacrity. Pray that we would not drag our feet, be sluggish and slovenly, but rather we would be actively vital in trying to walk in the footsteps of Mary. Spanish Santa Maria del Camino, right? Walk in the footsteps of Mary. Santa Maria del Camino. So, Mary moves in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth. The backdrop of this is that in the conversation between Mary and the Archangel Gabriel. The sign that's given to Mary is that her cousin Elizabeth, she who is thought to be sterile or barren, is already in her sixth month because nothing is impossible for God. So with that knowledge, Mary aware of her cousin Elizabeth being up in years, Mary felt impelled to go to help out her cousin. Her cousin up in years, already six months pregnant, Mary wanted to help her. Mary wanted to help her. So Mary did not think about herself, but rather she was thinking about serving others. Now, this is the essence of holiness. Is we don't think about our own interests, we think about others. How can we help others? How can we serve others? John Paul II, St. John Paul II says that we are called to be a gift to others. That's right. We're called to be what is called a gift to others. A gift to others. John Paul II will go on to say, the more we cave into egotism, the more that we're we're actually dying. But the more that we give, the more life we have. The more generous we are the more we're pleasing to God. Saint Ignatius will give us the word magnanimity. What does magnanimity mean? It means magna anima, a generous soul. Magnanimity, magna anima, a generous soul. We're called to be generous. So Mary plans to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Now, where is Mary going? Where is Mary going? She can be traveling to a place in the hill country, it's called Ein Karim. Is the technical place where her cousin Elizabeth resides? Ain, Ain Karim, Ain Karim, Ain Karim. Karim, from Nazareth. It's about 80 kilometers so in miles it will probably be about 55 miles and Ayn Karim ein Karim was actually in the hill country so we have Mary she's climbing there's a lot of symbolism in Mary climbing The other day we celebrated the feast day of St. John of the Cross. And one of the spiritual masterpieces of John of the Cross is the ascent of Mount Carmel. So we're all all called to climb the mountain of holiness. That's right, we're called to climb the mountain of holiness. Ain Karim. now if it 80 kilometers about 55 miles you can kind of calculate that Mary probably it probably would have taken her maybe about five four to five days she went in haste we often think about the visitation Mary, takes off, she's there right away but she's traveling most likely on foot most of the time, she's traveling say maybe 10, to 11, 12 miles a day then it's going to take four to five days And don't forget that she's not descending, she's ascending which makes it more difficult So, what you can do, what you can do, what you can do is accompany Mary. accompany Mary walk my friends walk my friends walk walk side by side with Mary what a beautiful car what a beautiful traveling guide what a beautiful traveling companion will have in walking with Mary Walking with Mary. There's a lot that can be said about this. In Spanish and Italian, one of the most famous Marian songs is Santa Maria del Camino. You have it in Spanish and Italian, almost the same words. But Santa Maria del Camino means Our Lady of the Way. Our Lady the Traveler. Our Lady of the Way. An interesting note or parallel between Our Lady of the Way and St. Ignatius of Loyola if you go to Rome in the Jesu where you have the body of St. Ignatius you have a picture of his Marian devotion and in Italian it would be La Madonna della Strada. Who is La Madonna della Strada? Well that's Italian for Santa Maria del Camino, it's the same. So I invite all of you. I invite all of you to invite Mary to be with you. Invite Mary to be with you your whole life. That's right. Invite Mary to be with you your whole life. Your whole life. Invite Mary to be with you your whole life. Your whole life. Your whole life. Wherever you go, ask Mary to accompany you. Talk to Mary. Consult Mary. Open up to Mary. Unload to Mary. Vent with Mary. Rejoice with Mary. Laugh with Mary. Cry and weep with Mary, too. That's what I tried to do in my five-week course on my book, Mary and Compendium, trying to get the people to really get to know Mary on a deeper basis, to get to love Mary, to trust Mary, to walk with Mary, to walk side by side with Mary, to see Mary as your life, your sweetness, and your hope. In remembering the words of Saint Therese, the words of Saint Therese, Mary is Queen, Mary is Queen, but also Mother. Mary is Queen and Mary is Mother. But Saint Teresa says she's more mother than queen. Now, when we say queen and mother, what is elicited? What is what 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 surfaces in your mind when you hear Mary is mother and queen? Well, queen. When I think about queen or king, I think about power. We do not live in a a monarchy in the United States. We live in a democracy. But back in the Middle Ages, you had had monarchs. You had kings and queens. And they were among the most powerful people in in the country. So when you hear the word queen or king, I think about power. So Mary, very powerful. She's very powerful, but also, as mother, the word that comes to me is love. In a certain sense, you have a powerful lover, but she's more mother than queen. Mary, Mary has a great love for each and every one of you. And posted on the side, uh, Beatrice Sanchez says, in sickness with Mary. I'd like to comment on that because in our walking with Mary, as a result, as a result of original sin, uh, we, we, get, we do get sick. My father, until the end of his life, was uh, somewhat of a jokester. He would say, your body falls apart one piece at a time, he would say. Your body falls apart one piece at a time. Related to this and Our Lady of the Way, I like to I like to recount to you the story of someone who understood this idea of of suffer, suffering and sickness and and all that entails. We have. The prayer that we say at the end of the rosary, I love it. It's the Hail Holy Queen. After the Hail Mary, I, I love the Hail Holy Queen. I love the memorari too. Those those three Marian prayers are, are among the most favorite. And, of course, the most favorite is the rosary because we say the Hail Mary 50 times. But most of us are probably not aware of the origin of the Hail Holy Queen. The origin of the Hail Holy Queen is the following. I tried to research this. I couldn't get too much information, but I'll give you the the essence of uh, the Hail Holy Queen. Years ago in Europe... There was a a brother, his name was Herman. And he was Herman the Cripple. So, Herman the Cripple had many serious bodily ailments. Herman the Cripple. Many serious bodily ailments. And with that, he was a professed brother, but despite the fact that he had bodily ailments, he had a very keen intellect, very keen mind. But he would sometimes go through what we call in Ignatian spirituality, a state of desolation. All of you know what that is by now. You don't simply have a book knowledge of it, but you know what desolation is. So do I. The Father Tim Gallagher always points out we shouldn't be ashamed of the fact that we do experience at times a certain amount of desolation so he's going through this real dark period in his life we're talking about Herman the cripple and he was almost on probably close to the brink of despair where they seem to be a very bleak dark obscure time in his life. So in this very dark gloomy moment where it seems as if the storm clouds had opened up and there was a torrential downpour of, of rain in his life where he was about to capsize and sink and the tempest of negative emotions. A lady appeared to him. And she appeared to him with a very gentle, loving gaze. Said, Herman. Herman. My son Herman, pray this. Pray to me in these words. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. In other words, Mary gave to, to Herman the Cripple. Herman the Cripple. She gave to him. One of the most beautiful Marian prayers. And that prayer is the Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life our sweetness, and our hope. What a beautiful prayer it is. What a beautiful prayer it is. Such a beautiful prayer that St. Alphonsus Maria Liguori, a great doctor of the church, one of the most prolific writers in the world his greatest work the greatest work of Saint Alphonsus Maria Liguori was called the glories of Mary in which Saint Alphonsus takes the glories of Mary and he takes a word at a time explaining each word of the of the Hail Holy Queen explaining the greatness of Mary. The greatness of Mary in the eyes of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the greatness of Mary in the presence of the Church as the Mother of the Church. The presence of Mary In the lives of the saints. The presence of Mary. Not only in the lives of the saints. But also the presence of Mary. In the lives of sinners. In the presence of Mary. In the conversion of sinners. So my friends as we as we travel with Mary today we travel these fifty-five miles with Mary heading toward Ein Karim where Mary will make a surprise visit filled with joy Surprise visit filled with joy in which she's going to be visiting her cousin Elizabeth. Let's pray today slowly with a lot of love the Hail Mary. Because in the visitation, we also have a part of the Hail Mary. But also, like Blessed Herman the Cripple. let us lift our gaze and say to Mary Hail, Holy Queen Mother of Mercy Our life, our sweetness and our hope May all of you experience the loving embrace of your Heavenly Mother this very day And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.